Welcome to Hit Subscribe, a podcast by Recharge created to educate, inspire, and connect the subscription e-commerce space. We recently hosted ChargeX 2022, Recharger's annual user conference focused on the future of e-commerce, where we were able to sit down with merchants, partners, and industry veterans live on site to hear their biggest learnings of 2022 and how they are strategizing for growth into the future. I'm your host, Chase Alderton, so let's get into it. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, happy to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Subta. Yeah, so I'm Chris George. I'm the co-founder and chairman of Subta, the Subscription Trade Association. Uh, we have a great partnership with Recharge, so thank you again for all your support to Subta. Absolutely. Uh, we also run the large event, Subsummit, which I know you guys will be at, and that's where we bring together all the DTC subscription brands into one room for one event. And again, happy to be here at uh, ChargeX. Awesome. So I know uh, you have a topic that you're pretty high on right now you want to talk about. Uh, intro that for me. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like so many brands are so focused on acquisition, right? Absolutely. And I'm a big retention guy. And Likewise. I think with retention, it's, it's sometimes it's more than just like, how do we keep the customer or how do we win them back? But being able to dive deep in the data and learn about what are some proactive retention things we can do. Okay. You know? So we may look at somebody trying to cancel. We ask the reason why we give them some offerings. What I want to dive deeper into is like, what do we do to, to prevent them from even getting to that stage? Right. right. So somebody might say, well, I've got too much stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, here's an option to pause or here's a discount to stay on. You know, how do we stop them from getting to the point where they're clicking? Let's cancel. Right. And so I think what becomes really important and what brands need to do is really dive into the data. And sometimes it's getting a data scientist or somehow doing it internally. I know we don't all have the great, all the resources right. to do that, but the big brands do and the smaller brands can solve this. And I think it's starting to take the demographics of the individuals based on certain, uh, like let's say you ran a marketing channel towards a certain demographic. Okay. Let's dive deep into like, what's the true LTV of that specific marketing campaign? Or that specific demographic. So not not an LTV as like a whole company or as a season, more of like, what are we doing with just that one push? Yes. Or like this specific set of individuals, right? Okay. So we might find out that on Black Friday, because there's all these great deals, right. the LTV is so small there. Right. right. Usually a lot of discounts. A lot of discounts, yep. right? And, and as you probably know, like I hate this whole discount code spot <laughs> I talked about earlier. But yep. um if we were to segment the data and know that, like, this is just an example, that males 25 to 38 living in New York with an average income of over 80000 a year tend to stay on for nine months sure. on average. What can we do on month eight to get them to stay on to month 12? Right. Right? Now, there's a lot of ways to think about it. Maybe all those individuals on month eight, I send them an offer to join annually mm -hmm. at a 30% discount. Okay. Speaking of discounts. Yeah, right. <laughs> but in this case, it's to increase LTV. Because it's an annual contract, so it keeps you there a lot longer. Now they're there for 20 months. Right. I just increased um, churn, and, or decreased churn and increased LTV from eight months to 20 months. That's a huge deal, right? Absolutely. Or it's a situation where maybe we need to include an extra item in that once bo month's box. Or do we put a handwritten note? Thank you so much for being with us for the last eight months. We appreciate all your support. Here's a token of our appreciation. That, like maybe $5 incremental cost or $30 discount on the annual is still far cheaper than what you're paying to acquire a brand new one. Right. You know, and so those are some really good things I think brands can do to sort of help with the proactive retention. Look at when they're more than likely to cancel 
and put some kind of offering to keep them going. Very interesting. I think uh, recharge data shows it's it's between five and twenty five times more expensive to acquire a customer than it is to retain them. Insane. Which is, I mean, fancy way of just saying retention should be more top of mind than acquisition for a yep. lot of these brands. That department should be just as big, right? If not Ex- bigger. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Especially with subscription brands. Yes. Totally understand a lot of brands out there that do one time purchases. You yes. have to keep refilling the bucket because yes. as soon as they purchase once, they're out. Yep. With subscriptions, obviously that retention element's built in, yep. but you still have to find ways to keep them there, and arguably right. it's more important once they're already in there. Right. And I think too, like when you're enhancing the customer experience, like that's a huge way of helping with proactive retention as well, right? So right. how quickly are you responding to customers? Mm-hmm. What's that response time look like? If there's an issue, how are you handling it, right? You know, we get caught up sometimes over a couple, you know, bad Apple customers that right. are thinking of taking advantage of the system. Like, look, package is missing, it shows delivered, big deal, send another one. Right. Right. Enhance that experience. You know, on social media, somebody tags your brand, somebody hashtags you, somebody on your team's got to go in there and comment back. Absolutely. That's enhancing that experience. That's a form of proactive retention. Um, The brands that are transactional, they're the ones that have the more likelihood of failing. Brands that enhance that experience, think about proactive retention are seeing the most success. Another thing you were talking earlier about uh, on stage at ChargeX is uh, this idea of using excess inventory. You know, there's a lot of inventory issues yes. going around right now. Yes. You know, shipments either show up later, they don't show up yep. at all, or sometimes there's yep. too much inventory, whatever it is. Why can't you use that as a surprise and delight? thousand percent. Add could. that into additional box. You're talking month yep. eight, bring that into month six. Yep. You know, try to boost the LTV a little bit earlier, whatever the data shows. But there's a lot of different ways to get creative. I think brands get stuck on the fact like, oh, everyone's leaving at month eight. Yep. Okay, well, what are you proactively yes. doing to make sure that doesn't happen? And even so, like, use that inventory. So let's say the item is a, it's, it's a $30 value item and it costs you 8 bucks. Okay. If I was to give you 25% off to sign up, that might cost me 15 bucks or 10 mm-hmm. But I'd rather you say, sign up today and get this $30 item for free than a 20% off discount. Right. Essentially, it's cheaper for you. It moves that inventory... And you're, you're getting more dollars in the first purchase from the customer than one that looks for a discount. What does that do then? It gives you a higher quality consumer, less likely to cancel. So, and you're offsetting your acquisition costs anyway because that acquisition first costs. purchase is exactly. actually profitable. When we were at Gentleman's Box, when we had that business, when we shifted to our $99 a quarter subscription, mm-hmm. so instead of $29 a month, it was $99 a quarter. Essentially, they're spending more. We were getting a higher quality consumer, LTV yep. uh, doubled, and acquisition, I'm sorry, LTV 4X and, wow. and, and acquisitionally doubled. Is this like a scarcity play then, making sure that you know people can only get this every quarter? Or yeah, it was quarterly, do. you had to apply in order to get approved, in order to be in the system. Right. And then also, we were getting a higher, they were willing to spend 100 on first purchase, it's a very different consumer than the one that wants to spend 15. Yeah, more discretionary income. Yes. I spend $15 on accident every hour. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. $100 so you have to go out and intentionally You're thinking spend. about it. For 100 bucks, you're like, okay, like, right? Even if you've got a ton of money, you're thinking about it. All right, do I, want, do I need this for 100 bucks? Right? And so you know, all those things add up to proactive retention. I'm a big advocate of it. And more and more brands need to focus on that. They're going to really build their business, especially with what we talked about with the iOS issues. Acquiring customers is harder than ever. Yeah. So let's focus on retaining them. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. I think that's really, really important. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. John, thank you for joining. Uh, Thanks for having me, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and about Battlebox Carnival Club. Sure. John Roman, co-founder, CEO of Battlebox and Carnivore Club. Um, 
We launched in February 2015. Um, made the mistake of launching on Cratejoy initially, but we finally came to our senses and we migrated a few years ago um, over to Shopify and Recharge. Battlebox is one of our longest standing merchants at Recharge, so we're super pumped to have them and have a great relationship. Are we really? I didn't know that. One of the longer ones, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Recharge started in 2014. We started to grow and scale in, in the 16s and 17s, and by the time you guys migrated, you were one of the earliest and longest standing. Yeah, because we were, we were one of the first subscription boxes, because yeah. it was subscribe and save, really, for the most part before then. Absolutely. Yeah. That was just, uh, just becoming popular, so you were definitely one of the earlier ones. You get the title. Right. Early title. Um, so, so today, we're going to chat through, actually, kind of that whole idea about being longstanding partners and being with one platform for so long. I know that you write fairly frequently, and one of your recent posts that you wrote about is about this idea of a vendor versus a partner. Um, and I think that's super important when you talk to the platforms and when you talk about integrations and all this kind of thing. So um, I'll start there and I'll let you kind of kick off the conversation. Sure. So it's, it's as simple as that, right? Like a vendor is not necessarily a partner. Right. And, and there's so many little variables besides just the, the tech solution that matter, right? Um, so Paul Hughes, he's, he's our account manager at Recharge, and Paul's amazing, right? And the calls we have with Paul, so we have a couple calls um, every month. We have a pre-renewal call, a post-renewal call, and then I think every other month we have a pure just strategy call. But on all the calls, we're talking strategy, right? right. He's, we're talking about what's working, what's not working. Um, it's behavior like like a partner, right? Like someone that actually friggin' cares, right? Yeah, we're and and in the future. but that's how it should be, right? Like your success is our success, and our success is your success. Totally. Um, if you have a, a a new tech solution that can impact revenue where it goes up, that means we make more money, but you guys make more money too, right? So like, there's no reason to not be a partner and be aligned but you see so many companies that just don't do that or it, it was a core part of their business initially and gotten to that initial success. And then somehow through scale and growing, they lose that, that piece. And um, so we were talking about, uh, before we were recording right now, Clavio and MailChimp. Um, and we've actually, we started with MailChimp, went to Clavio, went back to MailChimp and now we're going back again. And MailChimp, um, you know, anybody listening before you, like, how is this guy on MailChimp? Like, it's fully custom built. Right. Uh, we have a, an integration with Recharge that, that Prella built. Like, it has all the segmenting we could ever want. So this it's... Years in the making. This has been a long... Yeah, like, so it, it runs very well. Like, it's, right. it's not like MailChimp like most people would have. Um, so it meets our needs. And they're a really example of... A vendor, right? Like nothing against them. That's that's their model, right? It's very self serve. Figure it out. Um, we've had, we were with them, you know, off and on now for six, seven years, and we've had two phone calls with them in seven years. In seven years, um, and those phone calls, really nice lady. It was the same lady both times, but like there was no value. She had done zero research to even understand like we were a subscription or, or anything like that. Didn't ask any questions on like anything of importance. The strategy, no, there, there, was, there was zero strategy. Okay. Um, and then you, you, know, you have the full pendulum swing the other way. Like Paul, the calls we're talking about, right? Like, so 
Paul's in a cool spot because he came from BVA, right? right? So he gets the agency side too. Um, so we can have these high-level strategic discussions where we're talking about our ad agency, we're talking about our affiliate agency, we're talking about all that, and, and he gets it and he cares, and we're trying to come up with, you know, how do we, how do we get subscriber count out, up, right? right? And it's, it's those cool conversations. Um, so at a, at a surface level, that's the easiest way to separate a vendor from a partner, right? Are you having those strategic calls? Are you aligned? But then there's other there's other parts that 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 have value, right? So like like Chase, you and I, right? Like we saw each other in Shop Talk. Yep. Um, we obviously saw each other here. Uh, other members of the team, right? Hartag, um, Anna. Like these are relationships where where you're not directly um, in the in the day to day of our business, right? right? But as a partner, we've fostered relationships in different departments, right? Yeah. And that kind of, that's the exception, not the rule. That doesn't happen very often, right? And that's what I was going to go to is like how, how important is just the peer relationship? I think it's very important, right? Um, at the end of the day, no vendor or partner is perfect. Um, mistakes happen on both sides, on the merchant side, on the recharge side. Stuff's going to go wrong. Sure. It's, it's the nature of, of tech. And... Having those relationships, everyone's on the same page. Everybody wants to get it resolved, right? Um, I think it's very important, and it's it's something that's often overlooked. But it's it's such an easy and beneficial to both side behavior. Um, you know, I I ripped another vendor in that in that piece, which we won't go into too much detail. But like, um, it's another example. So you guys have scaled, right? From, from when we first came to you guys and you had a couple dozen team members to multiple hundred now, but you kept that core um, competency and belief and part of y'all's like mantra as a business to be that, that partner. Um, but then you see these companies that are scaling at a, at a rapid pace too, where it just gets lost in the, in, in the mix and it becomes less important. And then when you don't have that and you're just a vendor, you're so easily replaceable. Right, like there's no stickiness. Exactly. Um, Purely being used for the product. Yeah. If you figure out, you know, hey, there's an issue here. What's next? Right. It's very easy to just drop them, pick up a new vendor. Yeah. Most most businesses have competitors at this point. Everybody has a competitor, right? Um, You have a competitor. I have a competitor. We all have competitors, and if you can't separate yourself and have that, just like when when I spoke yesterday on stage, we were talking about community and building community as as a as a D to C brand, but. As a, as a B2B brand, it's the same thing, right? You're yeah. building that community. And when you have that community, like the stickiness, the retention, like it's not even in, in our thought process to even, we're not looking at another option, right? Like recharges our partner, they care. Um, it's just interesting to see, especially at an event like this where there are a bunch of tech vendors, seeing them and, and being like, okay, they're just a vendor. Like, they don't care. We definitely appreciate the kind words. I know you've been at Recharge a long time. I'm no. not paying you or forcing you to say this. Let's get that on the record. <laughs> that, that is confirmed. <laughs> so so let's, let's maybe dig into a little bit of, like, how you become a partner and how you kind of avoid just being a vendor. What are, what are the things that you think some of these vendors are just missing? Is it just relationships? Is it, like, a really quality product? Is it all the above? How do you build that sustainable relationship? So, so we, you know, we have some, some vendors where it's a really quality product, right? Like it's a good product and there's some stickiness when, when a product's just good, but you know, if, if there's a, 
apples to apples product that's very similar and they're saving money, it doesn't matter if it's just the product, right? So how, how do you build it? Um, I think it starts, and, and just to clarify, like I think it's only vendor partners where, where the merchant is spending probably, it's a dollar amount yep. where you would expect that. I don't, you could argue it's 500 a month, it's probably 1,000 a month or over where like you want a partner where you expect it to be a partnership. At least sort of measurable revenue, I think. It's a, it, I mean, it depends on size of the business. Obviously. Right, it's, it's relative. It's a higher number than yeah. the other smaller brands. But. Exactly, but like having um, some sort of regularity and cadence with, with communication, right? Um, proactive versus reactive. I think, um, I'll throw, we already mentioned MailChimp, so I'll say it again. You know, it's a very reactive. Both times we had phone calls with them is because like we needed help with something. Something got wrong. Something, something was broken. And, and we needed to figure it out. Um, while, you know, the, the flip side, I'll churn buster, wonderkin, I'll, I'll talk about some other partners we have instead of just talking about how great you guys are, but there's, there's other partners, right? Churnbuster is a good example of it. Um, they're, they're having reg, a regular cadence of communication with us, right? Even if it's not scheduled, like it might be scheduled in there and where there's a touch point, they're, they're saying something. Um, Listening to your customers, right? Coming with new products. Um, you know, I'll go back to you guys again with this uh, closed beta of the predictive churn tool. Right. Like, it's such a cool product and you guys are wanting to listen to the customers and get feedback so you can make tweaks to it so when you roll it out to everybody, it's, it's a great product. Um, that's what a partnership does, right? right. So I think it's, it's product roadmap, it is relationship, it's regular cadence of calls, um, I think, uh, a good test is when something does go wrong, cause something will go wrong with every relationship. How fast is it resolved? And not only that, but like how quickly are, are people on it? And I think that's where a partnership excels, right? Something happens that's unavoidable and breaks. How quickly is the team coming together and figuring it out? And I might even add how how many steps or are there steps being taken to avoid that happening again in the future? Correct. Going back to your proactive approach. Right. It's a break and you have to be reactive. Right. At points. But how proactive are you going to be to make sure that doesn't happen again? Exactly. Very cool. Uh, parting advice. I, I think I have an idea of where you're going to go with this, but um, is, there, is there an exercise you would recommend on looking back at your vendors and trying to figure out which are vendors, which are partners, which have great relationships, which don't? Um, I mean, I think, you, I think if you're listening to this and you're wondering like what category... Are, are they in your vendors? You already know. They're, they're a vendor. You, 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 you know, right? If, if you don't know, they're a vendor. Because um, partnerships are real. Partnerships are special. And you, you know when you have one. Absolutely. 100%. We're happy to be partners with you. I appreciate yeah. your time. Thanks, John. Cool, man. Thanks. Noah, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here and enjoying the, the Santa Monica weather. Uh, it's, it's hard to beat. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about Malema. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Noah Rahim today. I am heading up our partnerships program now at Malomo, as we just talked about, four weeks in or so. So fairly new to the game, but uh, I've been tracking Malomo for a very long time. I actually um, started a company out of school called Safekeeping. Uh, it's a health IT company that basically allows 
family members who have loved ones in long-term care facilities get daily updates on the health and lifestyle of their aging family members. Interesting. So not new to the, the whole tech world then? Not new to the tech world, um, but it, it kind of came full circle to me because the founders of Malomo were running a development shop at the time, and they actually built our wireframes and our early MVP for our product. So I've known Yao and Anthony, the co-founders of Malomo, for seven or eight years now. Wow. Uh, knew about Malomo before they even had a name for it <laughs> uh, and been following very closely. So when I left my company, Safekeeping, I, I have a co-founder who runs that day to day now. Um, I went on to spend the last five or six years or so on the enterprise MarTech side uh, of business. So uh, always in partnerships there. Yep. Um, and as Malomo has continued to scale and, and grow, I've followed along closely and uh, luckily happy to be here. Timing worked out well. And so now I'm four or five weeks into the, to the new gig. Love it. So give us kind of the lowdown on Malomo then. What's, what's the value prop there? Yeah, absolutely. So Malomo's an order tracking platform. Um, basically, it, it, you know, the goal that, that we set out for is to turn what historically has been the cost center of shipping products to consumers on the B2B or B2C side um, from a cost center to, to a highly profitable and engaging marketing channel. So we basically give brands back, you know, the control they've sort of lost in this direct-to-consumer right. world. Um, so rather than, you know, going to a FedEx or UPS landing page when you're going to track your package, we power branded uh, tracking pages that increase not just brand awareness and education around products that are being sent to customers, but also driving lifetime value, repeat purchases, cross-sell, upsell, and subscriptions. So Malomo is a super cool one that I've been intrigued with for a while because we always talk about, or I guess personally, I have been talking about additional ways to drive value for the customer in like creative and unique ways. Like everyone obviously has landing pages and the customer portal. And while those are important, finding those unique creative ways to drive more value is insanely important. Um, unboxing experience is one of my favorites. Nobody records yeah. the unboxing experience. Um, the actual box itself, putting handwritten notes, things like that inside right. the packages, those go such a long way. I think this tracking page is such a genius idea that I don't know why this wasn't built sooner, <laughs> but it makes so much I sense. I tend to agree with you, right. It's such a cool spot to just add value again. What are what are some of the kind of things you've seen built on those pages? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, you know two or three key areas why why brands reach out to us. Uh, one is they're experiencing a lot of Wismo tickets, a lot of where are my order where are my order tickets. Um, we help with that by sending more proactive uh, and personalized shipment tracking notifications throughout the entire post-purchase journey. So from the time an order is purchased with that order confirmation email to the time that it arrives at the door. And we can even send follow-up uh, emails later in the journey to uh, ask for feedback and, and things like that. So one, cut down on those Wismo tickets. Um, We've seen up to a 50% in reduction in customer support tickets from wow. from the from the Wismo uh, from the Wismo support, um, which is obviously tremendous value. Um, but while we're doing that, we're also, like I mentioned earlier, uh, providing educational content, and brand awareness. So especially 
when you think about more nuanced products like uh, Caraway is a great example, customer of ours. You know, Caraway is not going to be driving, a t hopefully, actually, not a ton of repeat purchases right. after they sell, uh, you know, um, high, you know, very high class cook cookware material. Um, but what they found is once because it's a newer product, it's built a little bit differently. Um, a lot of customers were having trouble when they washed their pans like they normally would and were actually ruining the quality of, of the pan. Oh, interesting. So Caraway uses us actually not just to drive you know, lifetime value brand awareness, but more so actually to drive educational uh, content so that customers know what to expect when their order arrives and how to properly care for it so that they get the most uh, bang for their buck and and longest use. So something like on um, that on that landing page, like you know, hey, your order's going to be here in X amount of days or whatever, like just to get ready before it comes. Here's how you treat the pan. Here's how you clean it. Things like that. That's exactly right. So it's right. a proactive education. Exactly. On an otherwise would have been a boring, you know, brown and white UPS page. Exactly. Um, and then you know the the other the other major kind of pain point that we drive is just opening up this, like I said, cost center that brands had no control over to a revenue driving channel. And we do that through cross-sell, upsells, and things like subscription. So obviously, you know, we have uh, integrations with the leading players in the space, like obviously uh, Recharge. Uh, we also have a great integration with Rebuy, so we can power um, personalized product recommendations in those post-purchase um, emails. So you know, let's say I bought a shirt, um, uh, you know, an outwear brand might show me, okay, every, or, you know, we're seeing a lot of people who bought this specific shirt also buy these pants. Totally. And uh, that's a great sort of uh, re rebuy use case. Um, and then for the long tail of customer lifetime value, which you you were talking with Brandon this morning on, yep. on the D to Z prod podcast and Brandon, Brandon and Electric Marketing are, are great partners of ours as well. So Likewise. love sort of the, you know, the ecosystem coming together. Um, but subscription is huge. And so we can basically build out flows based on um, the status of each unique customer um, that a brand is serving. So for example, if, if I'm a subscriber and uh, you know, you're know you not a subscriber, Chase, what we can do is send, uh, basically build out of the box uh, unique flows to target us based on where we're at in that customer journey. So for me, because I'm a subscriber, we're not gonna show me sign up for our subscription totally. program and here are the benefits. Right. We're gonna show me new product offerings, maybe even maybe even offer me, because I'm a, a loyal customer, a sneak peek at stuff that the other customers aren't seeing. Whereas for you, we obviously want to get you in the subscription program. So that's the first thing we're going to show you in the post-purchase experience. Some sort of here's your value, this is why you would want to subscribe, you know, exactly. pick your timeline, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, uh, amongst other things, like that educational content, maybe we throw some user-generated content in there to show that that social proof. Um, it's really, we, you know, we give our brands the control to do what they want on those landing pages. That's kind of the whole point because the, the sh um, you know, the logistics companies have kind of taken that away by right. offering their own, um, their own instance of this. Um, totally. And so the whole idea is to give brands back that control, but, but just some ideas and use cases that, that we're powering. That's super cool, and it's it's right on topic. Some of the sessions at ChargeX uh, have been talking about 
this idea of you know continually building a brand. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, obviously, supply chain issues, um, like the shipping issues, you know, there's a ton of crazy yes. things happening. But instead of focusing on those issues, you should always be constantly trying to build your brand and grow the brand. So this is just one more place that you can continue to put, like you were saying, the educational pieces, the upsell cross sells, like all of those kind of things continue to build the brand, keep the community strong. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know, the shipping stuff is is almost the back layer, even though it's really what it's built entirely around. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because in most brands, you know, have no idea, but consumers check their packages almost five times on average per order. That's crazy. So if you're not, um, you know, taking advantage uh, of of those touch points and, and making sure that that's a branded and personalized experience, you're really sort of missing out on one of the most engaged um, aspects of the customer journey, right? And it's um, a weird time too. Not a weird time. It's a great time. But touch points is, is one of those buzzwords, but it's worth diving into. When a customer is waiting for their package, they're so engaged so because engaged. all they want to do Maybe is, the is have that package engaged. show up. Right. Exactly. So it's such a such a great spot to have a high touch point, and again, not to use the buzzword, but taking advantage of that and showing content or showing educational things um, or putting you know high products or really right. well-recommended products in those spaces. It's such a great idea because that's where your customer's attention is highest. Right, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, on the on the flip side, right? Like, customers don't come back if they have a bad shipment tracking experience. Totally, uh, it's about eighty five percent of customers won't come back after just one bad order experience. Um, so, you know, that's what we're we're sort of setting out to do. Um, and you know, again, the the recharge partnership is is a huge huge part of that. Um, I actually have a question for you based on the, the podcast that, that I listened to this morning with Send you and, and Electric on D to Z. Um, I'm curious when you have seen subscription signups um, be the most effective in terms of like where in the customer journey. Is it, are you, do you recommend that brands um, sort of push subscription after the first purchase or is it sometimes later down the funnel of that, that customer life cycle? I think as, as with all really tough questions, I think the answer is it depends. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in this case, it depends on the product. Yeah. Um, I think that there are use cases for subscriptions that make absolute perfect sense upfront. Um, things like protein powder, things like uh, toothpaste, things like deodorant, those kind of things that you need and you use every single day. Sure. There really isn't a reason to wait and see, you know, hopefully this person comes back a second time and then we'll try to loop them into the subscription. Right. That, ju that just makes perfect sense. Yeah. When you have other creative use cases, um, t-shirts actually was one of mine. Um, I subscribe to a brand called Woven and it's just t-shirts. Yeah. Um, and I go through t-shirts so often, I, <laughs> I sweat a lot, surprisingly. Yeah. But, um, it, it didn't get me until I think the third or fourth purchase because I went on and I got a red one and I got a white one and I got a black one and then I ruined my white one and I had to buy another white one and was like, <laughs> this actually makes a lot of sense. Why don't I just stock up on some of these? So right. I think kind of sometimes it depends on the product. You have to figure out what makes a lot of sense for the customer, um, which is not the world's fantastic answer, but you know, it depends on, on what you're selling and, and where your customers are. Sure. Yeah. I think that's a, a sort of like a fascinating intersection because obviously you want to ensure maximum lifetime value, right? Totally. But you don't want to push something before it's, uh, 
before the customers had a chance to really experience your brand and know whether or not it's something that they're uh, sort of signing up to build a relationship with you. Uh, Absolutely. For, for an indefinite period of time, right? But it's kind of like saying, when, when's the right time to ask a girl out on a date? It's like, <laughs> sure. well, it kind of depends on a lot right. of things happening. Like if it's going well if up front, right. yeah, maybe that's a good time to ask. If it's not, you maybe have to kind of feel it out and use some other creative tactics. So yeah. um, that was a, a kind of long shot of a metaphor there. Hopefully that landed <laughs> a little bit. But No, I love it. And I think uh, <laughs> the cool thing, the other cool thing about our partnership is a lot of times we'll sort of lean on one another uh, when we bring on new customers to figure out, you know, what is best for them as, as their unique brand yeah. and their unique offering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so those partnerships in the ecosystem, obviously I'm a little bit biased, but something that I'm really, really uh, excited about and appreciate you having me on, man. This has been super fun. Totally. Thanks for joining us, Noah. All right. Thanks, man. Aaron, welcome. Hey, good to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself and about Rebuy. Yeah, uh, I am the director of agency partnerships at Rebuy. Uh, up until recently, I was at Recharge, as you know, um, where I was there for a little over two years. And uh, yeah, just love the space. Love awesome. The, and you're yeah. at Rebuy now? I'm at Rebuy now. What's yeah. Rebuy's pitch? Rebuy's pitch, yeah. Well, it depends on who, who you're asking, right? But uh, we're, we're massaging the product marketing at the moment, but it's uh, personalization through upsells and cross-sells on-site and off-site. So anywhere that you wanna create a personalized content or product-focused experience for your customers, use Rebuy to power those experiences all throughout the customer journey. So a lot about what we're talking about at ChargeX today is relationship focused. Um, all the content's been really good so far, but when you talk about relationships, when you know, we're not talking strictly acquisition costs here, um, how do you, how does Rebuy continue to grow those relationships with these upsells, cross-sells? Yeah, so what's really exciting is when a brand is using Rebuy, they can, based off of customer profiles, knowing who the customer is, based off of like, the actual customer themselves or tags on the customer within Shopify, you're able to personalize their experience to them. Also based off of where they're at, you know, geolocation, where they came from in terms of the URL, you know, if there's UTM parameters that are involved. So maybe an influencer campaign or a certain type of experience that kind of guided them through. Um, that experience being able to do more and more for the customer related to who they are and what their experience might be like is is huge. So you're so you're meeting the customer where they are essentially, not to use the, the buzz phrase, but that's been going on a lot. You, yeah. you want to make sure that, that the customer is ready to to receive all of the marketing that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean imagine someone comes in to a store you know, uh, we work with like 4,400 brands on Shopify right now, and a lot of them are in recharge, are recharge customers. And the brands are coming in, uh, or a customer's coming into a brand to look for a subscription product, and 
you know, I just heard from uh, like Byte toothpaste in the, in there on the panels, and you know, say Byte was using Rebuy, they would be trying to find ways to surface the right product to complement the product that they're already searching for, to do a little bit of a, a cross sell or or maybe a, like an upsell opportunity into like a larger pack or something like that. What's powerful about Rebuy is the fact that you can be focused not only on those product-based interactions, but the customer-based interactions, marry the two, carry that all the way through the journey, all the way to the post-purchase experience, right? Um, and what's really awesome about Recharge is like, Recharge has done a great job with Novum and Prima and Theme Engine to be able to have this customer portal experience. It's very easy to like manage subscriptions. Rebuy now allows for customers to see recommended products within that customer portal for any Recharge merchant. So like we're able to surface up product recommendations literally anywhere a subscriber is going to be interacting with a brand. That's huge. And I think Byte is a, is a perfect example because it's a really consumable product. Um, they're like little toothpaste tablets, so you, you know, yep. pop in your mouth, you bite them off, um, and they start to foam, so you brush your teeth with them. So there's a lot of cross-sell opportunities there, cross-sell and upsell, um, because there's just a lot of routine surrounding that activity. So if you're talking toothbrushes, if you're talking you know, mouth cleaning or you know, uh, fluid or any kind of that, mm -hmm. um, those are all opportunities that you may be able to surface in the customer portal. You know they're obviously loyal customers because they're subscribing, and then you can show these different opportunities and kind of create that conversation and continue the conversation uh, after purchase, obviously, and all through that, their customer journey. Yeah, it's extremely powerful. And uh, so, I mean, we're, we're thrilled that we get that opportunity in the, in the recharge portal. We're, we're thrilled that we get the opportunity to help brands take more control over their experience. I mean, we heard Chris George earlier talking about the, the fact that you got to build a brand. It's not transactional, you build a brand. Absolutely. Okay, that couldn't be the, you know, it could be more true. And, and, and like something like Rebuy being able to come in and be a partner alongside the, the merchant on that journey, it's huge. What about the customer portal is super appealing to you? I mean, I, that's obviously the place where merchants come in and, uh, I'm sorry, not merchants, uh, customers come in and really own their subscription. Everything from swaps, skips, cancels, any of that kind of stuff. Um, what do you see is super powerful about that? Is it a customization option? Um, is it just giving them the power? Is there an education piece in there that's super important? Yeah, so, I mean, you're aware of this, Chase, is that you know some of the brands that are doing really well on Recharge are doing these customer portals that are very content, like community focused. So I think about like Craft Gen Club totally. back in the day, um, like their experience is very much about the, the experience where uh, the customer experience, the um, ability of something like Rebuy to then come in, you're looking at your subscription, you're looking for, you know, maybe changing the next shipment date or the quantity or something like that. And then you see a very targeted recommended product for you, language specific for you, the widget tailored to you. That experience is totally about the customer. It's right. not about 
some other person. It's not about some other experience. It's about them and what they need. And the merchant has the ability to build all of that using rebuy and recharge. It's huge. So it's a huge customer relationship tool then. I mean, yep. everything that a lot of people are building into Recharge and Recharge itself really is all about generating customer relationships. Um, but Rebuy will take that to the next level and kind of enhance that all throughout the customer journey. Correct. Aaron, any parting advice for brands who are starting to scale and you're not allowed to pitch your product here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really, really loved what um, the panel was talking about earlier today, which was, focus on optimizing for the business that you, the business conditions that you're currently facing, but don't lose focus on your brand. Um, so you focus on the ability to meet your supply chain needs, your customer acquisition needs, but you always keep that brand first and foremost. Don't lose that, don't, don't trade that out for something. Because um, there will always be challenges. There will always, always be things to face throughout the year, seasonality, any of that kind of stuff. But keeping the emphasis on the brand is really the, the main focus. Yeah. Always come back to it. You have to. Awesome. Very well said. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.